Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to today's episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, I'm pumped to be here with you this morning, and I hope you're pumped to be a part of our program. And I'm so grateful and thankful for you being here today. We're going to be talking about how you can use your money to land a knockout punch to that of inflation. Inflation, inflation, inflation. It's all we hear about, but we just hear about how terrible it is. We don't hear about how we can actually conquer it besides just the very pat answers of, well, let's just go ahead and stick our money into precious metals or let's put our money into the stock market. I'm going to break some myths there and I want to really share with you some basic knowledge that's going to give you a true strategy for knocking out inflation in your life. All right, so let's get into this. Now, The first thing that we need to remember is that every episode of my show is powered by the Retirement Income Store. And why do I bring it up? I bring it up because I'm absolutely passionate about seeing retirees succeed in retirement. And you know what? In order to succeed, we have to have the knowledge. We have to have the know-how. We have to have the basic structure and plan in place in order for us to be able to succeed. And that's what the Retirement Income Store does. We help individuals become educated on how they can invest their money, what they can begin to invest in, in order to be able to reduce their risk and have the income that they want to have in retirement. I have yet to meet a person who said, you know what, Matthew, that is just simply too much monthly income. Take it away. I've never met one of those people, but I've met plenty of individuals that said that they wish that they had more. So I want to see you succeed. I want to be able to give you the tools necessary. And that's what the Retirement Income Store does. So if you've never gone to the Retirement Income Store website, www.theretirementincomestore.com. Yeah, it's a long address, but it is so worth your while. Beautiful website, lots of great information. And guess what? It's free. It's information that's going to be able to provide you some insight 
as to what people successfully do in retirement to have the income that they want so that they can go where they want, do what they want, see who they want, and be able to do that again and again, year after year after year. So let's talk about, first and foremost, some of the myths about inflation. You know, I hear all sorts of things as a fiduciary when I sit down and individuals have come in to discuss their retirement portfolio with me and retirement in general. I get to hear all sorts of different things, as you can imagine, with regards to inflation and what kind of tools are best to have in the toolbox. And I hear typically two things. Now I'm starting to hear three things that are going to be the best tools in the toolbox to help a person with inflation. The first thing is been around for ages, and that's precious metal. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put our money into gold. We're going to put our money into silver. We're going to do that so that we can have an inflation hedge. Okay, let's discuss that. For just a moment, the stock market's been going up. We know that inflation's been going up. Where has precious metals been going? If you know anything about precious metals, you know that precious metals have been going down. The price of gold, the price of silver, it has not been a high flyer. It has not been in what most people's normal expectation is going to be a good financial inflation hedge. So is it really a good inflation hedge? Number two, how are you going to actually use those precious metals in order to buy goods and services? I'm curious. Now, this is a legitimate question because every single time I bring this up to a client or I bring it up to a person who's just kind of picking my brain, I always elicit somewhat of a smile and a chuckle because they know I'm correct. So let's say you got that gold bullion, right? And let's say that you're smart enough to keep that stuff in the gun safe because you know that you don't want to hold it with a custodian and pay for them to hold it every single month. That's a real pain in the rear. And you don't even know that it's actually there. You trust that it is, but you have no idea. And so you own this gold, this silver, you own it individually in the bank. So all of a sudden you've got to buy groceries, right? And groceries have gone way, way up, let's say. How are you going to actually buy those groceries? You're going to walk in with a gold bullion. Are you going to like bite off a little chunk with the corner of your eye tooth and then hand it to the clerk? It's not going to happen. It's not very practical, right? So I find that the ones that are most enthusiastic about gold and silver, the ones that are creating most of the hype and the ones that always do tend to create most of the hype is going to be those that are, guess what, selling gold and silver. Now, do I have an explicit problem with gold and silver? No, but it's like everything else, all things in moderation. If you're going to own precious metals, I expect you to do it the right way or what I consider to be the right way, and that's holding it in coinage. Holding it in bars is even less practical, but at least if you hold it in coins, now you're going to be able to have something intrinsic. You're going to have the melting weight and the value of the melting weight of that coin, but you're also going to have the antiquity value as well. Now let's talk about stocks. Are stocks really going to be a good inflation hedge? Well, I want you to take just a minute to listen to this little clip of a gentleman by the name of Art Laffer, where he discuss inflation as it pertains to the stock market. Inflation is a real big enemy of stock markets and of economies. Just for the record, I believe that inflation is not transitory here, although I can't be sure, uh, but I don't believe it's transitory. It may have a little downturn, but uh, I think there's a real problem because they've subsidized all of this demand and they've made it very attractive for people not to work. 
So you get less supply, more demand, and that's a classic situation for prices to rise. And so there you have it. You have another economist who is saying, you know what? When there is inflation, it's not good for the stock market. So if that's the case, let's go back in history and let's find out if inflation and the stock market actually have a correlation. Is it really true what stockbrokers are telling to their clients with regards to owning stocks because it's a good inflation hedge? So we're not going to go way back in history. We don't have to. Let's just simply turn back the clock to 2000. In 2000, we know that we just got off from an 18-year bull market run. And in 2000, we have what's called the dot-com bubble. You may remember that. The S&P 500 is at the highest point it's ever been. And all of a sudden, the tech bubble breaks. And what happens to the stock market? The stock market tanks. The S&P 500, the Fortune 500 index, from 2000 to 2003, loses 50%, 5-0, half. Imagine having half of your money. And I don't even have to make that a stretch because guess what? Many of you experience that. Now, the stock market tanks 50% in three years, and yet it takes an additional four years thereafter in order to recover from that stock market loss. And why do those recoveries take so long? Typically, because if you think about it, you've got half of the market left. And so you've got to make a 100% return just to break even. But that's exactly what happens. The stock market is something that finally resolves to come back. And here we are seven years later in 2007. And whew, we got our money back. The stock market's finally made it back. But let me ask, was there any inflation during that seven-year period from 2000 to 2007? And the answer is absolutely yes, there was. In fact, there was 19.5% inflation in that seven-year period of time. Now, let me ask you, if you had a half million dollars in the stock market in 2000, and in 2003, you had 250,000, and then in 2007, you were back to 500,000, were you really back to 500,000? Well, you were back to 500,000 from the standpoint of having your balance back, but did you really have $500,000 worth of buying power? Was being in the stocks during that seven-year period of time, was that really a good inflation hedge like you had been conditioned and told for years and years and years by Wall Street? And I would contend the answer is no. Because you see, you got your money back, but you didn't have anything to be able to combat the inflation of 19.5%. So is it really true that stocks are a good inflation hedge? Well, let's take it a next step because we all know what happened in the stock market after 2007, right? This is the one that if you don't remember the tech bubble burst, you probably remember this one. This was the Great Recession. This is where the stock market tanks and loses 63% between 2007 and 2009. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. People were having to put their retirement on hold. People were having to defer their retirement because they couldn't afford to retire. Their retirement savings was absolutely devastated. Well, during this period of time, let's ask the question, how long did it take from 2007 to 2009 for that 
that devastation, that stock market decline? How long did it take for those dollars to be able to recover? Well, it didn't recover until 2013. That's a period of six full years between drop to recovery. And was there inflation during that period of time? Absolutely there was. There was nearly 15% inflation during that six-year period of time. So my question to you is this, are stocks really a great inflation hedge? Are they really a great inflation hedge? Well, the answer is from a mathematical standpoint, no. So don't buy into it that its stocks are always a good inflation hedge. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense, or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. Stick around because I'm going to show you what the real inflation fighter is and what you can do to save yourself in inflation. You're locked on to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. Would you like to know how you can tell if an advisor specializes in individual income-producing instruments versus an advisor who uses a combination of stock market and growth-oriented vehicles? Because if they specialize in the latter, they're more likely to invest your retirement accounts into bond mutual funds rather than individual bonds and bond-like instruments. Why is this important? Because when an investor buys an individual bond, they're guaranteed a fixed rate of interest for the life of the bond. And when the bond matures, they're guaranteed their principal back, assuming there has been no defaults. With that assumption, an investor knows exactly what they're going to earn on the bond that they hold to maturity. Bond mutual funds don't pay a fixed rate of interest. As a matter of fact, the interest that they pay fluctuates. Also, bond mutual funds don't have a maturity date. They will go on forever or until you liquidate them. So bond mutual funds can be a lot riskier than individual bonds. Most people in or near retirement who have saved their hard-earned money over a longer period of time are better suited to invest in a portfolio of individual fixed income securities for the purposes of safety and steady income. If you would like to learn more about whether individual fixed income securities are right for you, give us a call. Call Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Remember the good old days when you could earn 5% on a bank CD? What if you could earn similar rates on interest and dividends to those CD rates? It's possible, and the income specialists at the Retirement Income Store can help you. We're a network of experienced financial advisors operating independently owned firms under the umbrella of the Retirement Income Store. This makes it simple and easy for you to find a retirement income specialist in your local area. Our advisors have helped hardworking Americans across the country invest and save for their retirement. Matthew Johnson is your local income specialist in the Mason City area. 
He's the president of Johnson Wealth and Income Management with over 30 years experience in the financial services industry. And he's helped thousands of clients better understand the inside game of financial investing. If you're interested in learning more about Matthew Johnson, his business, and how he can help you with your retirement strategy, call 866-290-3837. The Retirement Income Store where retirees go for income. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life from Retirement program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, if you're just joining us, thank you so much for tuning in. We're talking about the inflation fighter and what we need to do to fight inflation, how we can do it and how we can do it with less risk and actually be effective with inflation in our life. Inflation is affecting literally every part of our life. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that this episode is powered by the Retirement Income Store. And if you haven't checked into the Retirement Income Store, I encourage you to do it. If you're within five years of retirement or you've just retired, or even if you've been in retirement for five years, I encourage you to add to your level of knowledge, be able to procure more information that's going to be relevant for today's world. Go to www.theretirementincomestore.com. I guarantee that you will appreciate the information that you learn from that website. So I left you hanging. I promised that I would show you how to have a knockout in the ring of the fight towards inflation. And so I want to address one little issue, which is, is this inflation transitory? Is it really transitory? Well, the chief economist at the Bank of Montreal, just basically Douglas Porter is his name. He made a comment that I thought was actually humorous, But at the same time, it was very truthful. He said, it's looking like inflation is transitory in much the same way the dinosaurs were transitory, i.e. stomping around for ages, terrifying all manners of beasts and generally dominating proceedings before disappearing. I think that that's actually humorous. But at the same time, I also know he is absolutely being honest with us. He is being truthful. He is telling us, listen, It's not just simply going to disappear. You know this and I know this. Have you ever found a time in life in which it actually cost you less for something really seriously? Something that was going to be a daily useful thing. I think the only thing that I can really think of that has declined in value to some extent in my life that I can really put my fingers on is basically technology. That's about the only thing, you know, today we look at technology and even my 12 year old boy that wants to go out and wants to buy a camera, he can buy a camera today that is extremely high quality for a lot less than what it felt like I could buy that camera for, you know, 15 years ago. But my medicine is going up. My gas is going up. My groceries are going up. My insurance premiums are going up. Vehicle prices are going up. Homes are exploding in value. You look around and you see all of this cost. 
And as much as we might want it to go away, we know deep down inside our guts that it's not going to really go away. It's not going to decline to any meaningful value. And so what do we do? Well, I preach it every single Saturday, and that is fixed income. Now, why is fixed income, Matthew? Why? Matthew, why would something so boring, something so absolutely conservative and boring create an inflation hedge for me? Why would it be this inflation fighter that you're talking about? Because it creates income. Because it creates income. When there's inflation around us, what do we need more of? We don't need more of the price. We need more of the income to sustain the price, right? We need more income to pay the price. If I go to McDonald's and all of a sudden my burger is now costing me 50 cents more, I need to be able to have the 50 cents to be able to buy the burger now. When I go to the gas station, if my gas is costing me now a dollar more per gallon, I need to be able to have that extra dollar to buy that extra gallon of gas. So what do we need to do? We need to really seriously analyze what we're investing our dollars in. Quit buying this story that has been so pervasive within Wall Street that says, oh, you got to own stocks because they're a good inflation hedge. Listen, I'm not doubting that equities are a good holding. I use equities every single day with, I would say, a majority of my clients. But I do it in such a way that it is simply a tool. It is not the only living, breathing thing in the portfolio. And number two, I refuse to have my clients owning a majority of equities that do not pay dividends. And not just paltry dividends. We're not looking for a half a percent. We're not looking for even a percent and a quarter. We're looking for stocks, equities that are good quality equities that are going to be more recession resistant. And we're looking for equities that are going to be able to pay us a 3%, a 4%, maybe even a 5% dividend. Why is that so important? It's important because if I need the income, I can spend the dividend. It is important to me because if there is risk on stock, and there always is risk on stock, let's say I own a stock and it declines by 8%, let's say. So it's down by 8%, but I get paid a 4% dividend. Guess what? That dividend is real. I can spend that dividend. So those dividends are reducing my risk. Number three, guess what? If I don't need the dividend, I can take that dividend and I can save it and use that dividend to be reinvesting back into more dividend-paying things. Now, an equity is not exactly a fixed-income instrument. It's an equity instrument. But it can act as though it is a fixed-income instrument in the sense that if I'm owning a stock of a company that has a tremendous history and record of paying its shareholders' dividends and increasing those dividends from time to time, it can be another source of income for me, complementing my main portfolio holdings, which are fixed income instruments. I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Now, what are fixed income instruments? 
Let's just talk about the lowly bond. When you own a bond, a bond is going to fluctuate in value. Is it going to fluctuate as hard or as rapidly as a stock? Probably not. They're definitely more boring. But here's the thing. A fixed income instrument is called fixed income for a reason. The amount of income that it produces for us is fixed. That's the reason bonds come with an interest rate. It's called a coupon. And when I own the bond, I know exactly how much interest I'm going to get paid. Now, there's lots of different instruments out there. We can use bonds. We can use bond ETFs. We can use preferred stocks. Let's talk about preferred stocks. What is a preferred stock? It's not going out and buying FANG. It's not buying, you know, Facebook and Apple and Amazon. Those are growth stocks. It is buying a actual share of preferred stock. That is its own category of stock. And a preferred stock is very bond-like because it has a dividend and that dividend is fixed. It doesn't change. It doesn't vary. So now this creates a little bit of stickiness for me because I know if I own these preferreds, I'm going to get paid these dividends. Now, here's the thing. Again, the dividend is creating income for me from that preferred. I can spend that dividend if I need. If I don't need it, I can simply reinvest it back into more dividend-paying things. So today we are surrounded by all this information about inflation, and everybody's talking about how terrible it is, but nobody seems to be giving us any relevant, meaningful ways of being able to conquer inflation. How do we do it? We simply get our money working for us. We get our money producing something for us. When I own stocks and they're, say, in a mutual fund, I might get a paltry 1%, maybe a one and a quarter percent but that's not enough. I mean, goodness gracious, think about Social Security. Think about what Social Security is going up by, 5.9%. They're not doing that for their health. Trust me, there would be a coup if they didn't give it to us, but trust me, they don't want to give it to us. They have to give it to us. So guess what? We're getting that inflation increase because of inflation. We're getting the cost of living adjustment because the cost of things are going up. So if I want more income, I've got to be able to think about how I'm going to do it. I can go out and get a part-time job. I can go ahead and become a landlord and own rental properties and have to deal with tenants and hot water heaters that explode at two in the morning. I don't want to do that. I want to keep my life simple. I want to keep as little risk on my money as is possible. Well, here's the thing. It's ironic, but the less risk you take, the more income you typically get. Let me say that again. The less risk you take, typically the more income you get. Let me say it in reverse. The more income you want, the less risk you have to take. The more income you want, the less risk you have to take. Do you see a downside there? I really don't. I know that I want my lifestyle and retirement to be absolutely as assured as I possibly can get it. If I could have 100% of all the money that I need and want in retirement, through Social Security and a pension and income, I'd be happy as a clam. I could have 10 cents in the bank and it wouldn't bother me at all. 10 cents in retirement, it wouldn't bother me at all. As long as I knew I had the income. Well, guess what? Most of us today don't have pensions. We don't have a lot of guaranteed income. We simply have Social Security and that's it. All the rest of our retirement savings is sitting in things like 401ks and IRAs and that sort of thing. So what do I need to do? I need to realize that if this inflation is real, if this inflation is going to be sticking around, 
I need to get as many of my dollars working for me, producing income as is possible. That means I don't want a lot of my money in precious metals. Why? Because they don't pay me dividends. They don't pay me interest. I don't want those types of holdings except as just a very basic small percentage of my overall net worth and my holdings. Holding stock, perfect. You want to own stock? Great, own stock. But please, for the sake of Pete, don't own a lot of stock that pays no dividends. Own dividend-paying stocks and equities that are going to pay you 3 4 5%, if at all possible. And diversify those equities with true fixed income. Income that's going to be your inflation fighter. So you win the round and the boxing max against what's happening today in your portfolio and more importantly, in your overall retirement. Well, that's it. I'm signing off. Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Here's my offer to you. I will be willing to take a few minutes out of my day to have a discussion with you about how fixed income may indeed help you on your road to success in retirement. Just give my office a call. The telephone number is toll-free, 866-290-3837. And remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.